to the A to Z Sports Preds Nashcast, a.k.a. the hockey show that is also a 50% off coupon to The Athletic. Coming to you live from Smashville, I'm your host, Alex Darty, with A to Z Sports Nashville. I'm here today with Chris Link. How are you doing, Chris? Doing very good. Yeah? Uh, we have a lot to talk about. An action-packed trade deadline show for you today. Yeah. <laughs> action-packed Predators trade deadline extravaganza. Oh, man. It is going to be one... Very not action-packed trade deadline, I think, for the Predators, but we'll talk about it. Before we get going, the show is brought to you by Nash House Southern Spoon and Saloon. Make Nash House your pregame and postgame destination for all Preds home games. We are also brought to you by Tennessee Tickets. TennesseeTickets.com. Zero hidden fees, unlike all the other websites. We're going to talk a a little bit more about those two sponsors later on, but let's talk about this show. Did you know that you can use this show as a coupon for The Athletic? Did you know that? Uh, you know, I, I didn't, and I'm glad you shared it because, um, you know, once my current athletic subscription falls out, I can cancel it and then just re-op it with 50% off and never actually ever pay full price. I I, have, I do have a subscription, and I remember paying the, the whatever I had to pay to get it and uh, thinking, wow, I'm, I'm getting a great deal. This is awesome. And then, of course... Literally everything is a is a subscription is a coup, half off coupon. Yeah, the, the, athletic. the athletic is a little bit like Uber for sports writing. Um, we don't really know how much money it makes or if it makes money, but we sure know investors like to spend money what? on it. You mean a disrupt the market startup that is funded by venture capitalists and maybe maybe not maybe it will be around in five years, maybe it won't be. Who knows? I mean, I, I personally, this is I know this is so not what we talk about typically, but I really hope that The Athletic is around in five years. Okay. Like, I really want it to be successful only yeah. because if it goes under, that's a lot of sports writers who are wow. out of work, and yeah. there's not a ton of jobs out there. Um, I, yeah. D- d- well, they also I'm, do fantastic work. Absolutely. I mean, The Athletic is the, is like, there's a reason it's considered the best. It really yes. is. But it, it is great, and yeah. I, I, I read quite a lot on there, but it is very odd to be built on this sort of, like, house of cards that could be, it f- could be go, go under at any moment, but you never know. Who knows? Anyways, we're not here to talk about the athletic. We're here to talk about the Nashville Predators and the trade deadline, which is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time or something like tomorrow that. Tomorrow being February 24th. For February 24th, that's correct. Today on the de- on the show, we are going to talk about the trade deadline. We will discuss will they or won't they when it comes to buying or selling for the Nashville Predators. We're going to look at some top trade targets and where they might go. Um, by the way, the Predators already made a trade. They finally parted ways with top winger Mika Salamaki and uh we're going to talk about that as well but uh we've got plenty of Preds talk to talk about but uh let's let's actually talk first about the team on the ice are they trending up right now it seems like maybe they are they they've had seven games since our last show they went four two and one that's certainly a a decent uh a record nine points out of a possible 14 yeah I mean in last so I want to if we look even further 10 games I think it's six three and one Oh, the last 10 games? Yeah, 6-3-1. Yeah, I mean, 6 one is, is probably the best stretch of play this team has had. So that's like 13 points since, out of 20? Yeah, since, I don't know, maybe November last year. Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to go and like actually look at little 10-game blocks, but the team has not been this consistent in terms of results in a long time. It's now just a question of, is this the new team? Is this who they are now? Yeah. Uh, or is, is this just a passing fad and we're going to see a few losses in a row back exactly. to normal? Yeah, if you look at the, the the wins over the last, just since our last show, the Islanders' win was a dominating win. They had the two back-to-back wins against the Blues, which are just, I mean, the fact that this team is 4-0 and against the Blues this year is 
kind of amazing. They had the only other win is the the shootout win against the Blue Jackets, which happened last night. But then you've got these losses that are just. I mean, the, the OT loss to the Blackhawks was pretty pretty bad. Of course, there was the Vancouver Canucks, which apparently Vancouver just has this like mystical enchantment on the Predators this year and can't. You know, the Predators can't do anything about it. Yeah, I, I have I have no read. It seems like every time they're on the ice against Vancouver, every power play goal goes in, every shot careens in off something. Yeah. You know, I know it's just random chance or, or, you know, maybe there's something magical about the Vancouver power play that just dominates the one of the bottom-ranked power plays in the league. Ugh. I don't, I'm not, I, I can never quite get a read on it. Yeah. It, it, so, the, so that game was, was terrible. The, the Hurricanes game, what, last Tuesday... Um, I actually didn't get to see a lot of that game, but uh, from, from all accounts, it was bad. Yeah, and that was that was a better that was a team that's built to dismantle a predator style yes. team, yes. Uh, just just in full at full speed. It's that you know a team with young, talented, speedy attackers and puck movers up and down, the, the, just blowing them away. The Aho Teravainen Svechnikov line was just yeah. a terror at both ends for the, which, but, well, really just one end, because that's yeah. where they were the whole time. But, but Carolina and Vancouver, it's interesting, are, are quite the opposite from what, you know, St. Louis and, and yeah. the Islanders are. Yeah, in terms of Because the true. Islanders, that's a Perry Trotz team. It's going to be a little bit slower. It's going to be a little bit more defensive, a little, little, you know, really big in the organization. And St. Louis, I think they're... They're missing a few key players. Um, yeah, well, they lost Jay Bomeister, of course. Yeah, they, and they lost Bomeister. So, I mean, it, you know, it's not like it's a, it was a full-strength Blues team. Granted, it, you know, I still would expect the Blues to take one of those games, so I yeah. think it's really great that the, the National came up with two wins, four points. Yeah, other than the other than Jay Bomeister, the, 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 the other biggest absence for them is Vladimir Tarasenko. Who which, is, which is a massive that's loss. A, that's a big loss, yeah, for sure. He can eat up any team. Even, yeah. even without that, you'd expect the... the Blues to at least beat the Predators, this Predators team, a couple times, but yeah, yeah. It, it's very odd. But um, the uh, the goaltending has been better. Uh, with the goaltending's been average. They've been they, yeah, they've gotten league average goaltending, which actually leads to a decent amount of points when you when you combine it with an offense that, although it's inconsistent, can actually score the yeah. score sometimes. So well, that's the difference between the team being six three and. And over the last ten, and mm-hmm. and being a five hundred team, probably yeah, is quality goaltending. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, obviously a, a shutout victory over the Islanders makes a huge difference in those numbers. And when we talk about average goaltending, we are literally talking about average goaltending. Rene and Soros, our last five games have averaged nine fifteen and nine seventeen save percentage, which is literally league that average. Is yeah, definition of average. I mean, you we've over you know there have been several years where Rene has been you know. An, an elite goaltender with like a 920, 925. And so this is 10 points lower than that and still kind of league average. So uh, it's, but it's still about 20 points higher than where they were. So uh, that's been pretty good to see. Um, the only thing I was going to mention is the uh, the Blue Jackets game from last night uh, was, again, why we, why we hesitate to say that this team has finally figured something out. They go up two nothing on the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are lit, quite literally playing an AHL team. I, I, I'm icing an, an AHL team, except for a couple key players. I mean, it was because of injuries. Columbus was playing not a lot of guys that are going to stay in the league very long. But the Blue Jackets storm back and tie it or tie it up, and then go ahead three to two. Colton Sissons has a huge goal to uh, to tie it again. Somehow the overtime they get they get through overtime with no goals even though the Predators you know str- still struggle with that. 
and then it takes eight yeah. rounds of a shootout. It, it, it's one of those, it's a victory that feels like a loss because a yeah. team that beat up, icing that many, I think it's the, is it Cleveland Monsters now that's their AHL affiliate? I think it's Cleveland right. Monsters. Yeah. It, I know it It used to be a different team, and it's changed a couple times. It gets confusing. I saw the joke, talk, yeah. people were talking about the Predators versus Monsters joke. Oh, okay, yeah. is that... Okay, um, I missed those. So, yeah, it really was. I mean, 10 players, that is absurd. Like, how are you losing to that? It really is yeah. so disappointing. And I think some of the, the ice times in the games, like a lot of the guys you expect to be getting top six minutes are not. I don't think Forsberg was even on the power play last night. Like, Oh, uh, yeah, that was a big thing. Um, <laughs> Neither so, was Johansson. Yeah, so, and, and Heinz has said, well, you know, we don't just give that time to people. They have to earn it. There's there's a fundamental problem with that perspective because if you look at what these players are generating, Forsberg is actually Forsberg Johansson. Well, Johansson to to uh, maybe a lesser degree, but definitely Forsberg and even Duchesne. Like these guys drive offensive play. Just because Forsberg is shooting zero percent across the past couple weeks doesn't mean he's bad. He's just not. The pucks aren't going in for him. Yeah. Um. I mean. I, I highlight more Arvidsson who's just not taking the volume of shots he needs to be taking. You know, yeah, like, right. there, There's things you can call out, but I just feel like I, I want to be excited that Hines can do something exciting with this team, but when he, when when his response to offensive players not scoring is to reduce their ice time, reduce their opportunities to score, it's counterintuitive. And I understand you don't want to reward players for playing poorly, but I don't think Forsberg has been playing poorly poorly i don't either um i think he's been he's been playing just fine uh he just he just hasn't been he, he does have those times where he tries to do a little too much he did that a couple times last night in columbus but or against columbus brian johansson though is the one that's that's kind of the more baffling one i mean that's a guy like he he, he is a guy i think we've talked about this that can very easily get mentally checked out of a game mm. and if you do not get that guy to buy into a game it's gonna be hard to get him back into it so we'll we'll see what happens going forward. I I think I think in the end it'll be fine. I, th- I don't think I'm not too worried about it. But man, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to be said for um, not burying the guys that could absolutely take you to the next level. Yeah. Forsberg is an elite scorer. There's no doubt about it. The the other thing I want to uh, going out of out of the week in review. The last thing I want to touch on is I I looked at the Predators. Uh, some, a couple of things, like high danger tr- chances for or against, expected goals for and against through the last uh, two weeks. And what's really interesting is they're basically 50% or just below 50% for both of those. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, the games had fallen the way the stats dictated, which, you know, doesn't is not what happens in the real world, right. you would have kind of expected the Predators to maybe be a 500 team across the two weeks. Right. So there's an argument that the Predators got a little bit lucky Despite getting average goaltending, and I find that worrisome as well. Yeah. So I I don't know if while the results they have are encouraging, the underlying numbers are concerning enough where they've started you know some charts that that I look at where they chat, chart the lucky versus dull versus good versus fun you know that yeah, yeah yeah they've started trending into the lucky from the good they have yeah um <laughs> and and it's because they're not generating as much offense and the guys who you'd expect to be scoring aren't getting goals and people who aren't usually scoring i mean it's it's just kind of messy and i'm a little bit worried that this is a false positive but maybe i've been just burned so many times this season that i'm, I'm a little shy 
Yeah, no, I know. I think there's something to that. And, and there's, I, I don't know. And that, that's why, you know, leading into our, our kind of main topic for today about trades, I it just does not seem like a, a, a one trade that this team is like, you know, one trade away from, from all that being resolved. Um, having said that, there are some decent options out there for uh, uh, one particular part of the team. But before we talk about that, the Preds Nash Cast is brought to you by Nash House Southern Spoon and Saloon. If you want a great place to go before Preds games that isn't overrun by honky-tonks and tourists and still has great food, I'm in talking about great barbecue, catfish tacos, they got great burgers, great beer and drink selections, and a wonderful pre-game and post-game destination for all Preds home games. It's located on 8th Avenue. It's in the same building as the Cambria Hotel. You can park up to two hours for free. Go there, grab some food, get a drink, head to the game, and then come back after the game. Uh, Nash House, Southern Spoon and Saloon. Go there to celebrate the Preds wins every time they are in town. So go check it out. Let's talk about trades because we are in the midst of the trade deadline. It, it ends in the next 24 hours or so. If... The Predators are buyers. Most people think they are going to look at a defenseman because, like we just talked about, like you just talked about, the forward groups seem to be kind of where they are, and I don't think there's really a lot of movement there. The problem is is, is if the Predators' issue is still not even depth scoring because right now everyone kind of looks like a depth scorer. So if your big problem is you, you, you need like someone who's a 30 to 40 goal scorer, which you just, you can't do at the trade deadline, no, no. not without blowing up like your entire farm system, which the Predators don't have. Especially this year where there's not much out there. Yeah. Uh, there's really just nothing there to work with. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't see a way to easily or, or relevantly improve the forward core. Um, even the articles that I've seen that I've been reading that have been written about this who include forwards. They're depth forward still. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, Heinz is choosing to play Austin Watson over Colin Blackwell or Jakob Trennan. Yeah. Clearly, they're not caring about improving the bottom six because they're benching better players. Yeah. Well, and now... Can, the, I, can I mention Mika Salamaki again? Of course. Yeah, let's talk about Mika it. Mika Salamaki is a better player than Austin Watson, was <laughs> buried in Milwaukee and just traded away for some dude who's going to yeah. play in Milwaukee. Yeah, that trade was pretty uh, pretty interesting because for for one, the Salamaki was just not. I mean, he hadn't played on the team since October uh, this year, and has been buried since then. Um, and also, somehow they managed. Uh, what you said is true. Mike Salamaki is probably better than Austin Watson. He's still not very good, and they somehow managed to trade for someone worse. Yeah, I mean, so I can't remember what team he came from. Toronto. Toronto. I mean, I would not be shocked if. Salamaki played for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year next. Oh yeah, I don't because I I think if you need a guy to play in your bottom six, yeah, you know I think Salamaki's serviceable. He's, he's he's got some speed. You have better options. Yeah, but you can definitely put him out there and have him be a cannonball and just ca- yep. cause chaos. Certainly, if guys like Austin Watson can be are considered NHLers, Mika Salamaki would be considered an NHLer. <laughs> Yeah. There, it's, I'm gonna leave. Like, I want to. I want to leave that at that. Now. Yeah, it's it's a. It was a pretty funny trade because when it came through, it was like, hey, we have a trade. Oh, we don't. We, we still had this guy. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, it's it's. I think um, Seth Lake, who's who's a pretty good follow if you don't follow mm-hmm. him. Um, really smart hockey guy. A uh, lot of coaching experience as well. Um, you just pointed out, like you know, the, the only reason you bring in a guy whose name I can't even remember. Ben Harper. Ben Har. Ben Harper. Harper. With, yeah, with, a, with a U at the end. That's right, Ben Harper. Or, yeah. 
A-J-R-P-U-R. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Like, that's clearly because they're just going to keep up all these defensemen. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he's not very good. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. He's just there to fill out the ranks in Milwaukee. So thinking of defensemen, there are some intriguing options out there, and there's there's one big one that I know we want to talk about at some point uh, that's that might take a little bit more time, but... I want to start with Sammy Vatanen, who is a defenseman with the New Jersey Devils right now, right-handed defenseman, uh, who's apparently on the market. He is currently fourth on TSN's trade bait list, so he's like one of the better defensemen out there. He's, I mean, that's the top defenseman on, on their list. 28 years old, almost a $5 million cap hit. He's a UFA at the end of the year. He would be a rental. Um, Sammy Vatanen is a guy... That I think would be would make some sense. I actually wrote about this um, on A to Z Sports Nashville as a potential defensive target. I don't think he's perfect. He's not. He's not like. Uh, he's not going to change much. But he would be a better bottom hand. I'm sorry, bottom pairing defenseman than say Yannick Weber. Um, he's a little bit smaller. A little more of a puck mover. He's definitely better offensively than like a Dan Hamus or a Yannick Weber. I mean, he's got like 24 points this year. Um, what do you think about Sammy Vatanen as an option? Yeah, I, I think it's I think he's a fine pick um, if you're if you're going to go after him. I just want to I want to s- settle with one thing. So yeah. right now the Predators have a little under two point five million in cap space. Mm-hmm. So they want to bring on Sammy Vatanen. His cap hit is four point eight million. So they have to move salary to make that happen. But wouldn't it be prorated? Isn't that the how salary they pay him is prorated? I don't think the cap hit is prorated. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Um. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, the cap hit isn't prorated because um, they take on the contract. Got it. Uh, and if I'm wrong, then this is officially the worst segment in the history of any <laughs> no, show it's, I've done. It's, uh, well, here's the thing about trades this time of year. like Usually the money kind of works out. And also like there's there's all kinds of, uh, of financial yeah. finagling you can do. And, so, yeah, yeah I, New Jersey would either have to retain salary, probably about 50% or so, or and, and the pros would have to shed some salary. So it wouldn't just be picks. They'd have to yeah. send some roster player back. So you're talking about, you know, they're you're gonna probably they're gonna have to retain salary, you're gonna send them a combination of picks and maybe one of your surplus defensemen, um, or something else, something to get salary off the books. It can't just be a it can't be a prospect. Okay. Um and that that's the challenge that applies to some of these deals yeah. that we're gonna talk about is that you have to make the money work. Um and I think but I think Vatnan, you know, it's it's hard to gauge because he's been playing for such a terrible team. Yeah. Uh, that I, my concern is either you're going to get a decent improvement, certainly someone who's going to be more progressive with play, which they, the Predators do need in that lower and the bottom pairings. Um, but you know, is he part of the problem or part of the you know, or or a, a lingering solution in in New Jersey? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's their top, one of their top pairings. I mean, our top defenseman. So um, he's. He's not as good as PK Subban, but you know he's, he's <laughs> well. Subban's having a lousy, having lousy, a lousy year. year. Uh, but defensively, he's an average defenseman, which is probably more than you'd expect uh, than out of most bottom pairings. And he'd have decent competition if he's going out there yeah. in, in a protected role too. Yeah, well, it, throwing him if you're throwing him out there over, um, you know, Irwin or uh, or Tenorti, yeah, instant improvement. Mm-hmm. I don't think you put him in over ham Hughes. No, but certainly he, there's much more replaceable guys. I think he would probably pair with ham Hughes depending on based on where he normally plays. Um, ham Hughes is le- the left side defenseman and Vatten yeah. is the right side defenseman. But um, so that's an option. The other thing is, uh, is uh, John Hines coached this guy. 
So he he played under John Hines before, so he's probably familiar with the system. I'm gonna get, yeah, and, and, and if Sam Vatner were somehow American, it'd be a sure done deal. But he's not. <laughs> All right, exactly. Um, but you know he's Finnish, so that there's, there's some other Finnish players. They just you know they 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 do like their European skaters. Um, what about speaking of non-Americans, Eric Gustafson with the Chicago Blackhawks? So first question. Now, this guy is a, is a lot more affordable. He's on the last year of his contract, I think. Is Chicago going to trade a defenseman to Nashville? Like, is that going to happen? Unless it's Brent Seabrook? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could not imagine Brent Seabrook putting on the skates for Nashville. Oh, God, that Wouldn't that be so crazy? Weird. That would be very weird. Um, but other than that, it's intriguing. I mean, I think he's had some bad luck this year for a very bad, and especially being on a, he's had bad luck on a bad uh, Blackhawks team. But his other underlying numbers are actually somewhat encouraging, though I will point out, like, one thing I looked at is is he has some pretty protected starts, like 60% starts in the offensive zone, yeah. which is a little bit worrisome because he's got, like, really bad goal against numbers per 60, like, and that could just be bad luck. That can be, like, really lousy save percentage because mm-hmm. um, his other, other numbers look pretty pretty decent. He had, so last year, I didn't realize this. He had a 60-point season last year with Chicago. 17 goals. Now, he shot 10%, which is pretty high for a defenseman. Oh, very high for a defenseman. But, wow, I did not realize he shot that yeah, big, I just, that's a good what, year last year. And I wonder if it's just, you know, because Chicago is so bad this year. Uh, I say that knowing that they did swap places with the Predators a few times just a few weeks ago. I just, I, I'm, I think it might be a good opportunity, and he he's definitely he's so much cheaper. So, you know what's funny is... There, there is another. Yeah, okay. Here it is. There are two Eric Gustafsons. Yeah. There was an Eric Gustafson that played for Philadelphia, actually. Well, there was a forward and there was a defenseman. They so play different positions. Okay, so that I think maybe part of why I didn't really think about this guy as an option is because I kind of thought he was the other guy. But anyways, um, yeah, I, actually looking more more at Eric Gustafson, I think that that would make a little bit more sense. He's only twenty seven, and he's going to be twenty eight next year. Yeah, I mean, I see. So if you can, if somehow Poyle can pry Gustafson away, and he puts in a de- some decent performances, mm-hmm. and you look to re-sign him, he's not going to be that much more expensive. He fits. You don't need to get rid of salary to bring him on, uh, and you may be able to hold on to him and and fix up your defense a little bit if you're if you're David Poyle. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, the Chicago worries me. His past performance being so high worries me in terms of people letting him go. Uh, but certainly, I think uh, one of the more intriguing options that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, uh, Gustafson, I think you're probably right about the Chicago thing. That's probably not going to be um, uh, that's gonna, might be a deal breaker for him coming to the Predators. Let's actually. So, I know you see the next one on the list. We're going to skip that one and come back to it. Well, we got two. We got two guys. We got to talk about in tandem. Yes. On that front. Right. Exactly. So. Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba, the defenseman for Minnesota, who I, I really can't, I do not understand what Minnesota is doing because wh- why these guys are on the trade market, if they're, I, are, are they buying or selling? Why would they be selling these guys who are under contract for several more years? I mean, it, their, their defense isn't great and they're looking to trade like two of their best defensemen. I don't understand that. These are top four guys, but having said that, I would. I think the Predators could would definitely benefit from a Jonas Brodeen, who's a kind of a more defensive-minded left-handed defenseman, who is, I mean, so much better than Dan Hamuse right now. It's ridiculous. 
And Matt Dumba, who is uh, who's always been a really solid defenseman for them, more of a puck mover, offensive guy. I would I would say Dumba would be. I mean, you're just basically bringing in a younger Ham Hughes. Um, Dumba. I, yeah, I don't. I I think he's 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 expensive. He's six million. He signed six million dollars through 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, he's expensive, and and he just doesn't doesn't appeal to me. Like I think he's one of those names that is recognizable, but I, I at least this season he has not been very good. Um, I mean, Brodeen more attractive. Um, I, I definitely, if you're looking at a wild defenseman that they might let go, I think Brodeen is the one you, you would chase after still kind of expensive $5.4 million. Now you may start thinking, oh yeah, this is why they're trying to move these guys. We've got a defenseman signed for $6 million to 2023. We've got another defenseman signed for, uh, four point, almost 4.2 million. I think I gave the wrong number. 4.2 million through 2021. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of salary yeah, in defense, right. especially they got Ryan Suter. Um, they have a very expensive defense, and they probably need to clear that out if they want to fix up the rest of the team. Speaking of expensive defense, the Nashville Predators. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so do they need another four plus million dollar contract that's on that's under multiple ter- you know, multiple yeah. years term? Do they um, need that too? I, I don't know. Yeah, I just I, I think they've done had some really bad team management the past few years, uh, and the, they've the wild. Yeah, yeah, and they they've really put themselves to a tough place and they've got a lot of surplus guys who are way, way overpaid and it's really hard to move them. And they've got aging players who are on very expensive contracts now who didn't really boost the team because the rest of it was mismanaged. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if I also wonder, cause I think the salary aspect is so important. I don't think because of what they're doing, I don't think the wild want to retain any salary, especially since these contracts are not at ending at the end of this year. So Nashville has to um, take the whole thing. So I think they either or they have to shed a ton of dollars going the other way. And who, where are they going to shed dollars? The guys that they want to move are not that expensive, unless you know Heinz is like, you know what, we don't really need Turris, and they are willing to take on the Turris contract mm, yeah, because that's an if idea. if the, yeah, well Turris Benino, if one of those guys who are on a higher deal, that's the swap. I mean, maybe that gets the yeah. Wild something that they want and gets the Predators something that they need. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, can two division rivals come together and, and make a mutual beneficial deal? If it's for Dumba, I'm not super excited. Losing losing either Benino or Turris for Dumba is not a good trade, in my opinion. If it's uh, if it's Brodeen, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can really get behind that. You may even be able to, to shake it the lines a little more because I think Brodeen can play outside of the bottom two, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. So that the, those two options for Minnesota, I think, and, and the other thing is this. Just like Chicago, is Minnesota going to trade within the division? Uh, they did it last year with Kevin Fiala and Kyle Granlin swap, but are they willing to do that again? Especially now that that's the that GM who made that deal is now gone. So Bill Guerin, I think, is the GM now for Minnesota. Is he going to do that? I don't know. Seems seems questionable. Let's move to uh, two other options: um, for, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen with Buffalo, and then mm. Shane Gostisbehere. Let's talk about uh, Ristolainen first with Buffalo. I, I don't I, I obviously I don't watch a lot of Buffalo Sabers, but uh, he's a name that that comes up. I feel like he's in trade talks quite a lot. Uh, but he's a, you know, he's a top defenseman. But he's, I mean, you talk about a guy that basically just like a, a maybe a better version of Dan Hamus. I think that's probably who the who he who he is. He's considerably younger though, twenty five. Um, he's always been pretty solid for Buffalo, but I don't know if that's really gonna. I don't know if that was. Yeah, fun. I mean, this is another player that's that's difficult to to evaluate. Um, you know, some of the underlying numbers suggest he's be a huge upgrade. Again, salary has to be 
either retained or shed uh, in order to make a deal happen. Yeah. Uh, but I really like you know, Ristolainen may would be a reclamation project. Like you're you're bringing him in, saying okay, what he's been showing or what the results have been under the Buffalo, you know, wearing that Buffalo jersey is not who that player is. He's just been trapped on a bad team. He can have a lot of success um, if we put him in the right position. So there's a little bit of a, I think a, just a small gamble there. Uh, I do think he's a guy with a lot of potential. Wow. I just looked at, we were talking about um, Hockey Viz, one of our favorite uh, websites to look at for, for all kinds of all kinds of uh, hockey stuff. If you I haven't checked it out, go check it out, hockeyviz.com. I think it's hockey-viz. Is it hockey-viz? It's, it's just hockeyviz.com oh, huh. in the old URL up at the top. Um, the old URL. <laughs> I just pulled up Rasmus Ristolainen's isolated sort of summary of what he looks like, and wow, that's bad. I, I did not know it was that bad. So now I'm thinking that's not even Dan. That's Hendy's what worthy. I'm saying. Like that's it's it's you. You're either saying that uh, the Sabers are so bad that he's getting drugged down with the with the sinking ship, or he's and the you, or or he's part of the reason why. <laughs> and it's the same wow. thing with um you know that we have with. With Vatnin, like, is he part of the problem or is he part of someone else's solution? And it doesn't even look like he's doing really much of anything well. It, look, it looks like the penalty kill is not great. The, the the offense, even strength offense, even strength defense. I mean, I think he plays a lot of penalty, uh, power play minutes, but the, the, it's not like the Preds need that. They've got Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis here to do that. So, wow. Okay, yeah, let's just put a big old strike through on uh, Rasmus Fischer-Linen. But a player who I know you've watched before and I personally think is great um i'm not really sure why he's in trade um conversation i can tell you why oh okay shane gostaspare with philadelphia flyers why is he in trade uh conversations uh i mean he hasn't really been great this year um you know some things when you look at him it seems like he's doing good sometimes it, it may be bad luck um part of it may be that the flyers are sort of an enigmatic team no one really knows if they're good or bad at any given moment um, but he's just not been the same puck moving player. He seems to be just getting burned a little bit more. Um, so well, I mean, there's yeah, his points per game just took a yeah, nose dive. Um, and, and so he's, I mean, he's been thrown out there as trade baits way back in like November, December. Uh, so he's just, he's, and he, the thing is at this point, he's an experienced NHL player. You know, he yeah. has 340, 300, something like just about 340 games in the NHL. Um, and, like, it's it's a little confusing because, like, you look at some of the classic measures, of course, the numbers are good. But, like, in his, in his PDO, like, if you want to even look at PDO, is actually what right at 100. Mm-hmm. So, it, but then when you start going into, like, the deeper stats, you're like, yeah, he's just, like, giving up really, like, people score good chances against him. He's not really... Um, he, he he's basically the cause of some of the danger he faces. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, me, I mean, hey, anytime you can bring a Philadelphia Flyer closer to me, I'm <laughs> I'm all on board. Yeah. Um, even though I even when I think it's a bad idea, I'm still I'll still like get behind it and support it because I, I I just like it. Uh, but I don't think Gosses Bear at this point is a solution. I was hoping like earlier. I think earlier in the year, or I should say earlier in the season. I had a very different tune. I'm like, okay. you know, he's struggling. Maybe trade for him now, bring him on board, give him a new environment, do some new things. Maybe he can recover. Now that it's been persistent, despite a pretty good Philadelphia team, 
I'm a little bit nervous of bringing him in. His ice time's gone down too from, from yeah. previous years. Yeah, he just isn't. He just hasn't been performing, and mm. he's been losing ice time because of it. And he hasn't really found his his footing. Yeah, not exactly a buy low. I'm sorry, not exactly a. Uh, you're not you're not buying a, a really whole lot if you're if you're Nashville. Then yeah. you're kind of and you're and, and you're pinning too much on hoping that it gets better, considering he's signed for three yeah, more and, years. And also, you know, if you're trading with the Flyers right now, the Flyers are going to want something to make them better too. So, so you're basically saying we're going to trade cross conference, yeah, in ways of trying to trade, you know, strength for for weakness, so to speak. So that what do the Flyers need? Okay, the Predators have to send what the Flyers need back, assuming that they're getting what they want back. Right. So it has to be a very mutually beneficial trade, I guess, in the hopes that they, you know, one of them makes it to the play, to, to the Stanley Cup final or even the playoffs. <laughs> right. Right. So Shane, wow, you, you've discouraged me from Shane Gossespierre. I, I was a big fan of his in his early in his career, but it seems like maybe some things changed. I don't know. Maybe he it's, has he, it's up until this season. Like some, maybe yeah. something's just not clicking. It could just be a bad luck year. Yeah. It happens. All right. Speaking of bad luck years, let's talk about the big name on this list, Dustin Bufflin. Oh, you're right. So with Winnipeg with the Winnipeg Jets the the last year or so for Dustin Bufflin has been quite a ride. Just a quick recap. In September, the Winnipeg Jets suspended Dustin Bufflin for failing to report to camp. Um it was reported that he had some sort of surgery on his ankle. The team said he was cleared to play, but he said he wasn't able to play or didn't know if he wanted to play. There were reports that said he was going to retire. And then in November, the NHLPA filed a grievance on behalf of Dustin Bufflin that challenged that suspension, saying he shouldn't have been suspended from the team. Uh, since then, the two parties have kind of been in a standoff, right, uh, where Bufflin doesn't want to play for Winnipeg. The, Jet, the Jets really can't do much with him. They can either just terminate his contract. And, and by the way, interrupt and let me know if I'm getting this wrong, but I, I think this is where it kind of stands. The Jets have two options. They can either terminate Bufflin's contract and just get nothing, and he walks and then can go sign with whoever he wants to. Or they can trade him, right? And they can try to get something out of him. But the downside is if you are trading for this guy, let's say Nashville wants to trade for this guy, is there any guarantee that Dustin Bufflin does actually want to play and that he will play for your team? So could you end up parting with a draft pick and then get nothing in return? So did I, did I recap that okay? Is that is that basically where we're at with Dustin Bufflin? Yeah, it's a... It's, uh strange situation and like it's so weird they're trying to what's the motivation so you have to if you want to trade for dustin bufflin you have to know you have to talk to dustin bufflin know that he wants to and will play for you and he's also in condition to play you know has he has he been keeping his condition up so he can play this year right or is it like a mike fisher situation where he's you know works out in the gym but he hasn't been like he's not nhl ready because obviously i don't no one was would have said fisher was like not in shape but he was definitely not in hockey shape yeah he wasn't playing on a team yeah like i don't like you could just let him in the dressing room you don't have to put him on the ice like but can't you not talk can't teams can't talk to dustin bufflin because he's under contract with another team right isn't that how that works i don't know well that oh for actual trades i know there's embargoes for like signing contracts for ufas okay maybe it's um like i I, but i think you know because players also have to be, maybe have to be convinced too. Like you just send a, guy, him a Twitter DM. <laughs> I I don't know. I just feel like you you have to do a lot of work to know he wants to play. Yeah, and he's going to play, and you need to be able to evaluate him because that's the other thing. You have to make sure he's healthy. I yeah. mean, what do they do in 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 the soccer world? Like you have to show up and do a physical before a team will pay for your contract right. and buy you. Right. Um. 
and also even after, even after the the transfer fees have all been paid. Yeah, yeah. and then and beyond, what does what does um what do the Jets want to do? Like, they're if no one trades for him, they're just gonna cut him loose. Are they just gonna hold him on suspension so the season's over so no one can sign him? Right. Like that's a that's a dick move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it's very odd because Winnipeg has almost no leverage here, right? I mean, I, I don't know what leverage they could possibly have. I don't. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, no one really has any leverage. Like, their it, o- their only leverage was suspending him, and they already did that, and it didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, would would if if Buffalo were available to Poyle, and he didn't bring him on, and it's 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 and it would fit. I mean, that would be amazing. Because that's the other thing. Like, if they if they bring him on, I don't. He's not cheap. That's the oh, problem. Yeah, no, like, if you trade for him, I didn't... $8 pull... million? Is that what it is? Yeah, like, how do the Predators make that cap hit work? They can't trade for him unless the Jets retain a ton of salary. Um, So, you know, why not just wait for... See who blinks first? Yeah. I, you know, what, what could they... What would it cost to get him Um, $8 million salary? Uh, 7.6 cap hit, 7.6 yeah. 7.6 cap hit. So, I mean, so... L- what what would you if you're the Predators? What would you pay? It, let's say you knew Dustin Bufflin would would play for you this year. He'd play at Dustin Bufflin levels, like what we'd expect from yeah, him. Yeah, even even at 34 years old. I don't. I just don't know what you give up to make the salary work because you're probably going to have to send like a because you ha, again you have to send salary back to the direction if you're making a trade and. The Predators... Yeah, Winnipeg's not going to pay any of the salary, for sure. Yeah, they're not going to retain the salary. They already, they've already they got them suspended. Yeah. Like, let, me, let, me do, let me do this. Let me make sure I'm looking at the National Predators' current... Like, I just need to look at some contracts. <laughs> We're going deep on this. Yeah. I, I, who, who are they moving? Like, you have to... You have to well, would they want 30-year-old Kyle Turris? Is that what the Winnipeg Jets want? I don't know. Probably not. Um, you know, you Craig make- Smith isn't going to open up enough cap space. They want defensemen, um, like defensemen. Yeah, but who, so what? What? You're, I mean, but all the defensemen who need to be replaced and you would want to replace are all super cheap, and you're not going to trade Ellis Yossi or Ekholm for Dustin Bufflin, who's at the end of his career. The other thing, couldn't Winnipeg? Wouldn't much like you know we talked about Chicago and Minnesota? If since they're since they're in the mood of just being a dick about things, maybe they just don't want to trade him to Nashville just to be a dick and just have him turn. I mean, terminate the contract and we're done. It's hard to know. Um, I, you know, I, it's so hard to get a read, and I don't think there's any motivation for a team to take on eight million dollars in cap hit this year, seven point six, and seven point six million dollars in cap hit next year yeah. for a player who is not played, who is suspended without pay, who. <laughs> At any moment, could be year. cut loose yeah. by his team, and you can just sign him on a on a on a UFA contract. I'm like sorry, not over a year, almost a year. Yeah, it's just it's it is strange. I think you'd be a, you'd have to be a bit foolish to trade for him at but this point. If they if they were to go after Dustin Bufflin, they knew it was going to work. Talk about upgrading your defense because that guy would be an instant upgrade yeah. over. Pretty much everyone on the team except for Roman Yossi. Like, but, yeah, but I mean, they would have. I mean, you there's a very specific package that would have yeah. to be included to make it work, assuming there's no salary retention, and that would involve the other team wanting to take on the Kyle Turris contract. Yeah, yeah, because that's uh, that's the only guy who makes enough money who you're going to trade. Unless, I mean, you can move Michael Granlin, but he, he, if you're going to go out and get Dustin Bufflin, is giving up Granlin really what you want to do this yeah. time of year? Yeah. He's too key to the offense right now. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just it unfortunately just doesn't work out. Um, 
as much as I like it to work out, I mean, seeing Dustin Bufflin spend the last couple of years of his career in a Predators jersey would be fun. Yeah. Well, there's that is the one that is the one trade that I think is the most intriguing one. It's also the one I think is least likely to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, think they're going to trade for Dustin Bufflin. But man, if they did, that would be nuts. But like. It, it, bringing us back into like, because I feel like it's getting to fantasy land. Because as much as I love to have Buffalo playing in Nashville, as much fun as that would be, I just don't see it being feasible. Yeah. Unless they susp- unless they cut his contract loose tomorrow mm-hmm. or today. Uh, it, you know, I think about what was the what trade happened already that I think would have been perfect for the Predators. And like the one that yeah. I dialed in on was um, the Brett Kulik trade. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I grab, sorry. Looking at the Brendan Dillon trade going from Brendan San Dillon, Jose yeah. to I look at my I got screwed up my nose. Looking going <laughs> over to Washington, like that's a good defenseman. Brendan Dillon's good. Not yeah. like a huge household name. He costs he cost a second round 2020 draft pick and a conditional third round 2021 draft pick. Yeah, that is the exact price range the Predators need. Yeah. Now, granted, Dillon's off the market, obviously. So you're down to like okay, what's left mm-hmm. that is kind of similar ish. Because there's no one left who's quite you probably you can get who's quite as talented as he is for that price. Yeah. Um, and I did pull. There's there's three names. One is not mine. Two two I kind of pulled. So okay. we can and and so I think they're good names. So one I actually when I was reading one of the articles it was Nick Morgan over on the forecheck. Um, oh yeah. Brought up uh, Brett Kulak. Okay. I think Montreal. Interesting option. Struggling player. Um, very realistic though. Probably could get it for draft picks alone. Um, but then the other two I pulled and one, I don't know if I, I'm kind of having trouble reading it, which is a guy named John Merrill. Um, is he with New Jersey? He is with, I think he's with, uh, he is with, uh, Vegas. He was. So New he's Jersey. with, yes. yeah, he's with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, some of his numbers, like his, his, you know, expected goals against and, and his are really good. Um, but he has no offense. Like, yeah. There's no offense there. So he may be like a shutdown guy. He's cheap. You can put him down the bottom line. He's also American. So you know Poyle's in on that. He's from Oklahoma City. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the guy like that could work. And then the other one is Ben Hutton from L.A., which I think is probably, of, of the ones we've talked about, I think my favorite. Uh, he's 26. He's on a $1.5 million contract that ends this year. He's going to be an free agent. Mm-hmm. His numbers, underlying numbers across the board, are pretty good for a very bad LA team. Uh, he just signed for uh, the Kings over the summer, coming from Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. Uh, so, in, in having good numbers on the LA on the like one of the worst teams in the league is something. So, my number one pick to shore up the bottom the, the bottom pairing is is Ben Hutton of the Los Angeles Kings. Hmm, I okay. think I think you could get him for picks alone. Uh, and LA is flat out out of the playoffs. Yeah. They're not making it. Uh, I don't know if that's official, but they're not going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why not, like, why not take the shot? So that, that's kind of my read. And I'm looking for guys who are cheap and, and maybe have some future value. And a guy who's 26, who's coming on to an understated free agent contract, you know, you let some of your bad guys roll off. You don't need, if, if you have a guy like Hutton, maybe you don't need Tenorti. Maybe you don't need to bring back Irwin again. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. options. Yeah, Ben Hutton would not be a bad option. I, I think the only other one that it was out that was out there 
um, that obviously the Predators are out out on now because he just got traded was uh, Alec Martinez, who is now in Vegas. Uh, that guy. Well, I think Martinez good. is a better his household price, name, but his price would have been pretty high too. I don't. I also I don't really. I kind of worry about Martinez. I don't think he's ever been really noteworthy player. Um, I think he's had some sparks. I think he's maybe good in the power play. Yeah, he's he's not he's not bad, but he would have been even better than what they have on the bottom pairing for sure. Um, wow, there's there, there's a ton of there's a ton of names out there, uh, and now we sit around for the next twenty four hours and see how many trades the Predators make, which in my mind is probably zero at this point. I I don't think they're going to make any trades. I think there's very little out there that they are that's going to intrigue David Poyle that much and that he's going to be willing to 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 sacrifice any of the future on this particular squad which seems so hamstrung in so many ways and and can't seem to get out of its own way when when the time is necessary so no it'll find a way to pass the to the opposition <laughs> right exactly yeah i don't know if you caught that it was a great play where there was it was just last night um so that was the blue jackets game mm-hmm. uh I just watched. It was Austin Watson for some reason was deep in the defensive zone, getting ready to move the puck out. Open ice, one four checker from the from Columbus. He passes the puck directly to the four checker. Oh my god! Like just straight to him. There's all this open ice. He's got like, there's a defenseman just across from him, like literally par- you know parallel on the ice. He could just fed the puck over and had yeah. no problem. She just passes straight straight to the guy, and it wasn't even offside. I don't think. I think he might have been like he might have actually had it in this. It was. Just the most Austin Watson <laughs> moment I've ever seen in my life. All right, let's move on to the five on five. Let's um, do it. The five on five is brought to you by Tennessee Tickets, TennesseeTickets.com. Zero hidden fees, unlike all the other websites. Tickets to pre- uh, Preds games, Titans games, home and away, college sports, all your concerts. Use promo code AZ10. That'll save you another $10 on your checkout. Uh, TennesseeTickets.com. And actually, question one of the five on five is about Austin Watson. <laughs> Is it just why? Uh, <laughs> sort of. My the question is this: What do you do with Austin Watson moving forward? He is signed to a he signed through twenty twenty three. Remember that? Remember they they announced the contract like literally in the middle of a game. Did you see this? Yeah, it was like the Friday night it's like news goof- new press release of One the, of the hockey goofiest world. things, and it was so clearly a tactic. I mean, it was literally during a game. I think it wasn't even in a in the intermission. It was like. The five-minute mark of the first period, they made the announcement. It was so nuts. But they signed him to this contract. He signed through 2023, a million and a half per year. It doesn't seem like they're going to stop using him, but then also he's clearly not very good. He hasn't been good for quite some time. What do you think they're going to do with Austin Watson moving forward? From Okay, I don't have a good answer because from what I can observe, they're just going to keep playing him. Because... And I, I've gone on, gone off about this. Is that guys like Watson are held to a totally different standard than other players? I mean, we see Watson make mistake after mistake, but he doesn't lose ice time from it. Yeah. Like he doesn't generate offense. He doesn't lose ice time from it. He doesn't generate <laughs> defense and doesn't lose ice time from it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it, he has. There's. I'm getting. I'm getting like apoplectic over here. That's okay. Um. The NHL still evaluates different players by different measures. Mm -hmm. And when you hear me say that, you're like, well, of course, why would you measure different skill players in different ways? Well, true, you know, a defensive forward is different than an offensive forward, 
But at the same time, there are common metrics. Like you don't want to see someone who gives up a ton of scoring chances, who turns the puck over a lot, who doesn't score. Basically, Austin Watson doesn't tick any of the boxes for a competent NHL forward. What he does is he runs into things and sometimes he has an aggressive cuddle on the ice with someone from the opposing team. Yeah. I can't call it a fight uh, or anything. Aggressive cuddle. Because the last few fights he's been in, he just they just sort of like stand there until one of them gets leverage and puts the other one down the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sure, I'm sure it's, it's exhausting to try and brace yourself and like hold your position like that and wrestle with somebody, but as someone who's even anti-fighting, it's like I'm now just more anti-having to ever watch Watson fight than anything else. When you look at his his numbers, um, I'm talking about just boxcar numbers, just just the standard goals, assists, points, shots, hits, time on ice, all that stuff. It is astonishing how long, how many games he's played in the NHL and still only put up those kind of numbers. I mean, it's it's like, and you see the one year that's 2017, 18 year where he had 14 goals because he shot 14 and a half percent. I mean, you can't even say that, like, there's almost no way they said, oh, yeah, he'll do that every year because he he literally shot the same amount of shots he's always shoot, he he typically shoots. And, I mean, the guy just does not do anything on the ice that is all that impressive. The hits numbers are um, not a good thing. I I mean, you you don't want to look at hits as a... That's essentially like looking at penalty minutes as a, oh, he gets 60 penalty minutes a year. That's really good. 100 penalty minutes a year. It's just, it's nonsense. And um, if they could find a guy that could come in and and play physical and also do some good things offensively, I mean, he wouldn't have a a job, for for sure. Well, and here's what doesn't make sense. You know, the Predators have bottom six guys who can play defense. You look at, look, look at Colin Blackwell. You know, the yeah, guy having right. the roster, he can play in the penalty kill, he can play defense. His numbers across the board are better than Watson's in every way, shape, or form, and he's in, he's sitting while Watson's playing. Um, and so I don't know what the argument is in favor of Watson. The only thing he he hits a lot and he fights sometimes. That is all he contributes. The NHL world has evolved beyond that type of player. He's like this 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 grandfathered in version of this I mean, old hockey player that doesn't exist. I mean, anymore. even this like the scumbag type players on other teams are expected to do more. Like even like yeah. Tom Wilson oh, yeah, has he, higher expectations. He's a much better player. Um and Tom Wilson sh- is should probably have been suspended out of the league a few times already. <laughs> right. Uh it doesn't it just you know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And yeah. and you know, some were invoking the distant specter of that guy who just harasses people about Austin Watson on Twitter. Right. Um I'm sure if you've tweeted bad about Austin Watson, I'm sure he's found you at some point. Yeah. Um right. who's like, you know, they've everyone's mishandled him. He's been misdeployed his whole life. He's done it's like maybe he's just if he's been misdeployed at yeah. the pro level in every game he's ever played, maybe he's just not good. Yeah, he's played 300-some games, so he's had a lot of chances to be deployed. Yeah, I, I just... He's got defenders, and I think the people who defend him, I can't disagree with them because they are using... They're evaluating him by different standards than you evaluate other hockey players. Yeah. So you're now arguing measurement scales, and now you're, you're arguing measurement scales, you're just lost. Mm-hmm. All right, great first question. Second question, what does the Preds goaltending situation look like in five years? <laughs> in five years? In five years, so Pecorine will be 42? No, I'm just kidding. He'll be gone. He'll be he'll be retired. Uh, Pecorine will be retired for sure. Soros will be 29, which is nuts to think about. Mm. 
So not even in five years, he won't even be thirty. Um, what what does the goaltending situation look like? I mean, uh, and I'm not necessarily asking for like who, which prospect is gonna. I, I mean, I'm assuming that you probably don't dive through goaltending prospects. I know I don't. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that the Predators don't. I don't think they they their goalie prospects they have are not even turned pro yet outside of um like ingram yeah ingram's probably the um, best one right now you know i don't know anything about like westerholm who's the other young goaltender prospect who's in uh, milwaukee the only other one i know about is tomas Vomaka. um but mostly because they're either in europe or they're, they're in, in minors and it, it's a goalie you don't know what you're gonna get yeah uh it, i don't think you people... just don't know what you're gonna get and i realized that i asked you this question now i'm trying to answer it but i <laughs> I don't think people realize how pretty amazing the Predators have been at nailing the goaltending thing. Like, I mean, how how many how many fr- franchises go through a twenty year span and d- can't find one good goalie? Yeah, there's there's definitely, but it's all about. I think it's a, a huge matter of luck in some cases. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, because you say the, I think the Predators got a little bit lucky. Because you look at the goaltenders they drafted who aren't here anymore, and yeah. that's a much longer it's list. A very long list. Mazinich. Yeah. Well, we don't have to go through the whole Hellberg. list. Hellberg. Hellberg is a good one, yeah. Um, Pickard. Pickard. Remember Pickard? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's definitely way more misses. So five years from now, uh, th- I think the current hope is that Saros stabilizes, and he's your go-to guy. Um, now, I think at that point... When Pekka steps away, you bring Ingram up, and you have Ingram Soros, and they battle. I mean, they are... I think Ingram is only a couple years younger. So 22 22 versus 24 for uh, Soros. So you now have two guys who can battle for time. So I think next five, where we're in, where the team is in five years is who's going to win that goaltending battle. Is the Soros... You know, overcome his issues with with rebound control. Does he tighten up and make that last little jump and uh, give up some of that inconsistency we see at the start of the season, or does Ingram show up and say, "I'm the backup today, but I know I'm better," and win that spot? Uh, from there on out, it's you know, does at some point do the Predators think they need a free agent? Do they one of their drafted goaltenders turn out good? Do they somehow get an elite goaltender magically drafting in the fifth round and they're ready to go? Who knows? The world of goaltending is strange and mysterious and you know, like Brandon Sanderson could write probably a whole novel series about goaltenders, and people would buy into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the free agent idea is pretty interesting because I mean that the, they might be if in five years Soros is not the the, the number the clear number one, or if he, even if he is, and they need to go get a backup, like they're going to be shopping for a goaltender, and they haven't been in that situation I don't think since they've been a franchise. So. They've not been, you know, gone out goaltending shopping. It's been pretty crazy. I mean, there's been times they've had to, to, they've been a little chaotic. I mean, there were the period where, like, you had Ellis, who was the starter. I was just going to mention that. Even when they did that, they got lucky by just finding this this no-name guy who went out and had an incredible year. Um, who then just completely went off the rails. Yeah, totally. Um, off the rails. But yeah, I mean, they've always been, I'd say the goaltending has always been stable. Since they were lucky enough to pick up Thomas Vokun. Um, they've just been so overall stable in that, with a few, few seasons of transition. All right, question three. After the success of the Winter Classic jersey, what should the next alternate jersey look like for the Preds? Any thoughts on what they should do next? 
Yeah, what's they, the, they kind of hit it out of the park with that one. So what what do they do next? I'll, I'll be honest. Like the Winter Classic jersey has grown on me. It's not perfect, but it looks so good on the ice. Yeah. It is so much better than the current away jersey. <laughs> um, not and I don't even necessarily dislike the away jersey particularly much. I don't. It doesn't excite me, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I, oddly enough, I've been for for years. I've wanted shoulder yokes, like proper shoulder yokes for a Predators jersey, and I finally got them. And I'm just like meh. So I'm a little disappointed <laughs> in that way. I don't even know what that is. Um, but I, I shoulder yoke. It. It's just the color on the where okay. it's like a, a yoke, but color just. Oh just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. So. I, <sighs> You know, for, the, can, for those that have just tuned in, I, I am so fashion illiterate, and and Link is basically the opposite of that. So uh, I have to get fashion advice from him. Yeah, I, and the, I don't. I like those, but you, I don't know if they just say, "Oh, we're going to take that as the white jersey," because it's a lot harder to. You have to like get special dispensation to wear a white jersey. You know, when you're on the road, or, or not when you're on the road, when you're at home. If you want to wear it as your third, I don't know. Has it, have other teams recently had white uh, jerseys that they've kept as their thirds? I don't think so i don't know if anyone has anything like that but do you have any do you have any ideas of what the next alternate jersey could look like what's your what's your dream alternate jersey for this team dream ultimate i don't even know if i have one because it's so difficult to work with the yellow uh i think you almost have to say they need to find something navy and that may be the way to go is is to revive the navy but the issue is, is that the Predators, if they want to call back, if they want to do his callback jerseys, they had like their old jersey style was kind of bland. Yeah, like it was mostly noteworthy for being totally unnoteworthy. So a throwback <laughs> is kind of not going to logo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really about a very complicated logo, but yeah. it was like just navy blue with piping. Really, yeah. it was just navy blue with some with the silver. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the most interesting thing is you you try to look at what made those jerseys interesting, and then see if you can translate the gold into it. So, okay, what was interesting about those jerseys? You had the navy blue with some yellow, I'll call it piping even though trim, we'll call it yellow trim, okay. and then you had silver. And that was the big thing, it was never gray, it was silver. Okay. So, could they go really wild and say, we're gonna do that style, but instead of silver, we're actually gonna do gold? Like, not Predator's yellow gold, but actually like gold, arm like highlights gold leaf kind of look yeah Yeah. like could they do that could they just do silver and gold i mean could they go really crazy with it i don't (laughs) think i think that would be horrible possibly (laughs) but it would be wild and third jersey should be wild yeah but i really do think you're kind of locking yourself there's two colors and there's navy like that's the only thing they can do uh so i think it'd have to be a navy third jersey primary color i like the the little like uh, predator thing that everyone says look like a looks like a bear or looks like a high school mascot the little little shoulder patch oh yeah yeah i That's like great. that thing i was They're... thinking like tell me if i'm stupid here an all navy with that as the center as the chess logo um is that dumb well, it just depends on how the colors work I i'm think... talking just all just just maybe maybe some 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 piping like you're talking about well, but... so you're talking about the head or just the, the whole little... body no just the head yeah well, i think the yeah. head is the head, is yeah. phenomenal yeah um I think it's diff- it's not gonna oh, look great in navy. Yeah, the full body thing is a little. Silly. Now, if yeah, they switched the over to that, I wouldn't be totally opposed. I don't. I think fans may dislike it, but I think it's so clean. I love that it. Kind of has yeah. this modern retro feel. Yeah. I I immediately love that. Yeah, that logo. Really good. Yeah. Uh, I just again, I, I'll just keep repeating myself. There's not. I don't think there's a ton you can do with the the current branding is so distinct and so focused on being 
Predator's gold, mm -hmm. that it's really hard to break out. And I don't think that at this point the Predators aren't doing third jerseys because they don't want to make money or they don't want to dilute the brand. I just think it's really difficult to go in a creatively interesting direction when you know, you, you're so centered where you only have two distinct colors and they're so opposing. It's just not a ton to do, yeah. unless you want to look like a jersey you had 10 years ago and it was kind of boring. Right. Okay, so question four. Four. Who is your front runner for the Stanley Cup right now? Oh. Do you, do you have any, any ideas on this? I'll just go ahead and run through the uh, kind of the, the favorites right now. I should I should I should get the. Uh... I, I mean I, I can just tell you. Okay. I mean so I'm, I'm torn. It's either Boston or Tampa. That's that was gonna be. It's my Boston top or Tampa. Two, yeah. um, I mean Boston is always just so good, and and the only reason like Tampa I think could be a better team. They I just worry a little bit about on the coaching side, but. Uh, I think Tam if you force me to pick one, I'm just going to go with Tampa because I'd much, much rather see the Lightning win than the Bruins win again. Mm -hmm. But I'm just kind of generally anti-New England. Uh, <laughs> so that's I'm a little biased. I would go Tampa right now as well. Uh, I would go with Tampa over, over Boston. I don't think anyone in the West has really pulled away enough. I think St. Louis has some... Some injury issues, and then also, uh, you know, no one else in the West is really Colorado. I'm surprised that Colorado's not pulling away more. I think they're they're a better team than they have been. Um, I would I would go Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last question: Which of these trade pieces is most likely to make a difference on their new team if mm. they get traded? And there's only three names here: Chris Kreider, currently with New York; Ilya Kovalchuk, currently with Montreal. Or Joe Thornton, who, you know, longtime San Jose center who is probably hunting for a Stanley Cup at this point. So Chris Kreider, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Joe Th or Joe Thornton. Uh that that is a particularly that's a particularly difficult one. Is that a tough question? That is that is a tough question. Um I mean it depends. So I guess you bringing those guys in for the offense. So the question is, do you need? Are you trying to get a goal score? Or are you trying to to help your goal scorer? So if you think your goal scorers are failing, maybe you try Thornton and hope yeah. that if you give him good wingers, he's going to be just be setting players up. You don't, you're not expecting him to skate hard or skate fast. He may skate hard, but he's not going to get anywhere very particularly quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think that that may be kind of the riskiest option. It was probably the cheapest. Kovalchuk is a mystery. He hasn't really performed super well this year, from my understanding. Um, I haven't gotten to see him play much because LA games are on at like midnight and yeah. who's going to watch Montreal? Uh, <laughs> so it, it's hard to get a read on on him. Um, but he's got potential. He's kind of like a neutral in this, like okay. kind of the middle ground. And then Kreider is all about, we're not, we just need goals. Mm -hmm. He's he's your goal scoring. If, if you're the team saying the thing we're missing is that little bit of scoring to push his next level, it's Chris Kreider. Now, you have to give the most to get him, but you're probably going to get the most in return, at least the most guaranteed, because he's not Joe Thornton's age, so he's got more gas in the tank. He's got more offense more offense this season. No defense whatsoever. Um, so, you know, you probably, you know, but then again, the Rangers have been pretty... Bleh. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that it's Joe Thornton because I would not be shocked if he goes back to Boston and then is able to contribute to that team and help them get to a Stanley Cup. 
But, it's, just, it's depressing going from yeah. San Jose. Well, San Jose has its charms, but it's not always the yeah. jewel of cities. But I, like you said, Bo, uh, Joe Thornton would be uh, would be more of a distributor. He's always been more of a distributor, but he would be probably like, I don't know who, who he, he would even play with there, but he probably would have better wingers than he has now. I'm always amazed. Like, I know Joe Thornton's been around for a while. I forget how long he's been a pro. Gosh, 1997, forever. first yeah. year. 22 years in the NHL. That's that insane. is wild. Yeah, that's pretty insane. And that was back when he was like, you know, uh, he was. He definitely looked a lot different than he looks now. Um, all right, there we go. There was the five on five. Um, I think it was a great, a great shift for you. Um, you actually, uh, you got in a fight out there. You, uh, you stuck up for your teammates. One of your teammates went down uh, hard in the boards, and you stuck up for him. That was nice. Wow, that's uncharacteristic of me. I should, yeah. I should, people are going to write articles about it. I'm going to interviewed. <laughs> in fact, uh, the, the, the puck was in the offensive zone, and you had a chance to get it, and you, you said, no, I'm, I'm going after the fight. Can, can, you, gotta... can you text Gover and have him give me my fight card? <laughs> there you go. I actually, I didn't, I, for, for a while, I didn't understand. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about fighting sport, combat sports. Okay. And so I would like people who post the fight cards for NHL fights, they're always like nine, 10, here's the victor. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And I actually had some, I had Gover actually explain how the whole boxing okay. score thing works. And I've forgotten, but at least I know when I see it, yeah. that it's not some bizarre arcane thing. It's just a bizarre arcane hockey or sorry, boxing thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. But boxing and hockey go together. Um, at some point yeah. they went together very remember, well. Remember those, those, that, that weird period of like maybe five to 10 years where all the fighters in the league were taking like MMA classes during the off oh, season. God, really? Yeah. That was like right when, before the fighting fighters all started disappearing. Uh, like a lot of the guys who weren't like the big hulking fighters, okay. like the guys who were smaller trying to be like, I'm a fighter, but I'm also like other things too. I'm not just a fighter. They would like take like literally martial arts classes and learn how to fight better on the ice. Like it was, it was a crazy time. I'm so glad we're past that. Okay, let's finish up with, um, let's say one nice thing about the Nashville Predators. You want to do that? Oh, geez. Or, if no, you don't, if you don't I, have wait, anything wait, nice wait, to say wait, about them, that's I, fine. I did, let, me look, let me go back to my notes. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I do, have, I do have something nicer. Okay, right, down. okay. go for it. So, uh, regardless of on-ice results, underlying numbers, whatever, uh, the one thing that I've noticed is that it feels like the Predators have gotten the fans back on their side again. It just seems like the arenas maybe are a little bit louder. The the bridge sounds a little bit noisier than it was a few weeks ago. I agree with you. And yeah. the team needs that in a big way to be successful. Just having people cheering for you enthusiastically all the time. That's a good point. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I've noticed that it has been a little bit louder. And and it's weird how you can kind of notice these things. Maybe part of it is. Um, so much kind of mediocrity happening over the last like few months and then all of a sudden they have a couple good games at home and the people get louder for it but i think there's something to do that yeah, yeah. Uh, my nice thing about the national predators is that, the, is that they finally moved on from mika salamaki they finally did it I, well i they mean finally I, decided i wish they would have moved on from austin watson and brought up mika salamaki hey. at, at, rather or just played colin blackwell or Jakob trennan yeah so th- that yeah that's the one thing they do need to to bring up Jakob trennan back i don't understand why they sent him back down <sighs> a lot of mysteries and there's they, they have an empty roster spot right now they could bring him up and play him and sit austin watson maybe <laughs> <laughs> um all right so the next four games the predators have four straight home games ottawa calgary colorado edmonton uh ottawa is bad but the predators have been bad against bad teams calgary's pretty good Colorado is very good. Edmonton is pretty good. 
Um, four games against four teams you need to beat. You got to get as many points as you can. Uh, how do you think they do in these next uh, four games, all home games? Uh, the four, I, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be five hundred. It's gonna be right two at. two wins, two losses. All right. Um, in those, and then man, the Oilers straight. They go from Oilers straight to Minnesota, and then home and home against Dallas. Oh gosh. I mean, so we're we're looking, we're looking at after the game against Ottawa. These are all Western Conference opponents, and then once you get to Saturday the 29th, these are all. Oh, so you have you have five, four games out of five that are against Central Division opponents. This is so critical, so so critical like for the Predators. The schedule here. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate because unless depending on what county you're looking at, it's February rolling into March. Oh, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it gets a little tricky. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Stars Wild. Uh, then later, yeah, they've got Avalanche, of course. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah, uh, you know, and that's the thing. Everyone's like talking about how the Predators have got all these games in hand and everything, and how that's like, oh, they're only they're only they're outside, but they're get games in hand. Well, that also means because they're behind, there's a lot more games they have to play in the same amount of time. Yeah, so it's gonna be harder to get points because you're gonna be tired. Yeah. So I'm 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 very concerned uh, about this next stretch. Three, four. Uh, so I'm counting. F- looks like what four back to backs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. f- five back-to-backs the rest of the season. That's yeah. a lot. It is. They have one of the hardest schedules to end, end the yeah. season. And so, uh, yeah. so, I mean, I think next week through the Oilers game, I mean, they, they're, I think they're going to be 500, and then they're going to have to do really well against the Central Division opponents. Um, before we before we conclude, do, do they, just quick answer, do they make a trade or do they not make a trade? Uh, I, I think they make a trade. <laughs> and I think it's going to be disappointing. Like, I just are we talking Salamaki for Ben Harper? Disappointing? No, I I just think it's gonna be like you know a first round draft pick for Paul Gostad. Disappointing. Oh wow, that's um, that bad, huh? Well, I, I mean that's a, that was a horrible overpayment. Yeah. Um, but I still I I think the the team has to at least look like they're trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of what ha- I think they do something. I just can't imagine they're gonna make the right decision. Yeah. Like you know, they're gonna they're gonna do something that'll improve the team, but it won't improve them into the playoffs. Like it won't improve the right part of the team. I'm I, saying there's like there's some really like value players you just need to like yeah. pry away from like Las Vegas. Yeah, I I'm not thinking, Las Vegas, L.A. I got the wrong loss, Los that's okay. Angeles. I think that they do not make a trade. I think there's I think there's no movement tomorrow, and they just roll from here on out with what they've got. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at AlexDarty1. Follow Link on Twitter at 3DLink. Uh, episode 10, which will be our next one, is on March 8th. And I think from that point on, we may start pu- pushing out some more frequent episodes as we move towards a playoff push. Any final thoughts from you today, Link? Uh, I want to take a moment and recognize the amazing work of the Carolina Hurricanes and David Ayers, yes. who beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last night 6-3, to three, which gave a emergency backup goaltender the their first win in NHL history, the, the first credited win. Um, amazing. I had, it, I had it on my iPad while I had the Predators game on last night. Uh, I, clearly, everyone was on his side. I don't even... I don't think... I don't even really think the Toronto fans were really upset. I think they were more excited about that happening because he's a Toronto 
guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's really part of the Toronto organization in a lot right. of ways. I mean, he's he's part of the Marlies he's as as employed an, by them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just think to end on a really positive note, it was it was a great moment. Uh, it was so exciting to watch. Watching his gear change, like when he came out wearing the red shorts, when he was originally wearing blue shorts in the in the second period, he oh, came out yeah. in red shorts for the third period. Like all those little things, like if he's wearing a Toronto Marlies helmet the entire time, he had a Toronto Maple Leaf um, shirt on underneath his. Uh, yeah. His well, stuff. so the thing about if so if you don't know, and I know we're going long here, That's okay. But the emergency bag with goaltender is actually available to both teams. Yeah. So he could have very well have come in for Toronto should. Things have gone really south for that team. Uh, it's very much kind of an unusual situation, and there's uh, it's it's a kind of a weird setup because you used to, you you can no longer have employees of the uh, main club dress. So because a lot of hockey teams have really good players who are with the team in different roles, yeah, team staffers, um, yeah. yeah. And so there are good goaltenders and, and things, but they can't play since I think 2017. You okay. can't bring them in. It has to be someone from outside the organization. Hmm. Um, so that really the closest was like a minor league Zamboni drivers that they could right. get. Yeah. Because um, you used to be able to have other guys play as the, yeah. uh, the backup. That so. was a great story, and it was yeah. really fun. And, and, and it could not have happened to a more uh, annoying franchise. Yeah. And also, um, if you haven't seen, they are the, the, the Hurricanes are selling Airs T-shirts, jerseys. Okay. And they did announce that... Um, they will be giving uh, the royalties to heirs that the, any other player would get. Okay. Also, they're working with with heirs to uh, donate some of the money to a kidney foundation. So, if you don't know, also heirs part of the reason he came he left hockey was because he had a kidney transplant and just couldn't play at that level. Wow. Um, he kind of he kind of had given up on any sort of hockey career because mm. of the kidney transplant. Um, so, really, really incredible story. And and um, if you want an heirs T-shirt. You can buy it probably through the Fanatic store yeah. for the Hurricanes, and money will be going to both heirs and to a kidney foundation to support wow. uh, work there. That's pretty so, amazing. So yeah, so I you know I don't have all the details um, on that, so I apologize if I got anything off, but just really really exciting stuff and and such a great hockey history moment. That's great. Yeah, that, that really was fun to watch. Kind of it happened sort of simultaneous to the the Predators um, uh, game against the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. So. All right, great stuff as always. Thanks for tuning in. We will check you out next time as we sort of, you know, ramp this up until the playoffs if the Predators make it. Uh, I know that we'll make it no matter if the Predators make it or not. We'll, we'll be here. There will be no Alex and Link like Battle Royale in the front right. yawn, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it. Will the Predators? We don't know. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs>